Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. On this episode of Tech Diva Success, I am very pumped to be on with Patty Grimm. She has just a legacy amount of knowledge and expertise and over 25 years experience in organizational development, change management, leadership, and team development. She is a masterful speaker. She's going to steal the show today. And she's a certified training professional and empowerment expert for women, leaders, teams, and individuals. She uses her talents, her really huge, amazing heart, and her role as an author, speaker, radio show host, trainer, coach, just to empower people to live their best professional and personal lives. And she does a lot of this with Advantage Training. And I am just very excited to have Patty on the show today because everything you do is aligned to what we're trying to do on the show to spark more success for women in tech. So thank you for coming. Yeah, this is a passion so true, true to my heart. And uh, I spent 15 years at Microsoft and I've been on that corporate ladder and I was on the top and I fell down to the bottom and came back up again. So I've walked a hundred miles in those halls and shoes and all those things, a thousand airports I've run through. So it's a great pleasure to be here. Well, you know, the bio is always the top of the top. Why don't you talk us a little more about things that weren't covered um, when we talk about you that you may want to share with the audience? I really started this passion for empowering women and girls way back to my banking days. And this goes back to the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm going to date myself a little bit here. And I started hosting the first kind of women's empowerment workshops before it was in style. And we would bring people in on Saturday. I would hire motivational speakers to come in, we'd give away prizes, and we'd have this whole day about how to be a strong, confident woman. And then once I got into technology, I really realized that we were so far behind in terms of pay and pay equity and women's pay has only gone up 1% in the last decade. You know, they say it's going to take to the year 2,277 for women to achieve pay parity. And some of the tech companies are actually trying to do better about that, but we still have a really long ways to go. And I just became so passionate about this topic. And when I went for my career at Microsoft, where I was on that fast track to success, I was that rock star that was on the top of the corporate ladder. I was put on the executive potential program and I literally hit rock bottom to a point where I really wasn't functioning very well. My production was going down. It's really something that I allowed to happen to me because I was trying to play Patty for somebody else. I was trying to be the person everybody else thought I thought I should be. And I wasn't being true to myself and my passion and my vision and who I wanted to be. And so I used that moment 
So then eventually I left Microsoft about nine months to a year later. And I spent three years interviewing over 3,200 men and women leaders about what makes great women leaders. And I really look forward to the day we can just say she's a great leader. And we no longer say she's a great woman leader. Um, and so all that sort of went into my book and my research and my presentations. And I just did a witty Women in Technology International webinar at 11 o'clock this morning <laughs> on sort of my five ways to be an empowered woman leader. And so it's just something I'm so passionate about. And I really have dedicated my life to that. Great. And that's what we want to hear from today. So give us some of those secrets, Patty. Where do you want to start? <laughs> well, it was so interesting because as I interviewed people, I asked the same questions. I said, what, you know, what makes a great woman leader? Is there a difference between a great woman leader and a great man leader? And 87% of the people of those 3,200 people said, yes, there is a difference. And if so, what? And so what I found is, and it's really starting to show up in this whole COVID environment, is that the countries that are doing the best in managing COVID are run by women. And one of the women I interviewed, uh, Colonel Deb Lewis, who was the first woman in the, one of the first women in the West Point and to graduate 40 years ago, said that women leaders tend to be people that see around the corners. They tend to see things more holistically. They use their IQ and their EQ. They seem to have that balance and ability to use their brain to make business decisions and use their heart to make the people decisions in many cases. And it was just so interesting in these interviews. And what I found is that the, of all those interviews, once I started to try and put together everything in the book, there were five common things that these women did that made them more successful, that made them more confident. And so those are the things I put into the book. And so the first one is play to your strengths. So when I went from that moment from rock star to rock bottom, I stopped playing to my strengths because I was trying to be somebody else. I was trying to play to everybody else's strengths and what they thought I was really good at doing. And I was good at doing them, but I was miserable. I hated it. Launch of Windows 7 probably almost killed me. <laughs> I had a doctor tell me if I didn't take care of myself, I'd be dead in six months. That's not something to laugh about. And I had to take that time to refine myself. But I had stopped playing to my strengths. So all these women know what they're really good at doing. They go outside of their lane in some cases, but they really focus on those strengths and they believe in the work like Marcus Buckingham, that you play to your strengths and you, you reinforce those and that you get your weaknesses to an acceptable level or you hire people around you that have strengths that you don't. So you have a great team. So they all play to their strengths. And then playing to your strengths means you have to identify them first. Do you have right. a good best practice on knowing what those strengths are? <laughs> A couple things you could do, right? You can go online and actually probably most people have taken some kind of a DISC, D-I-S-C, or Strength Finder, or Myers-Briggs, or some kind of instrument in the past, is you can go online, actually take one for free, and find out whether or not you have more of a D, direct tendency, you tend to be more of an innovator, you tend to be more of a logic owl type person, you tend to be more of a heartfelt kind of person, and whether you're direct or indirect. Um, we need all of these styles. And there's a way in the book, I give people four birds. I give them an eagle, an owl, a dove, and a peacock. And I say, pick the one that is most like you when you think about that bird in nature. And what characteristics does that bird have? And what characteristics do you have? And what are your strengths? And then what's the downside of your strengths to an extreme? So someone who's an eagle is direct and decisive. They're doers. But under strengths, they can be dominating and aggressive. Right? The peacocks can be very innovative and creative and fun and spontaneous, but under stress, they become overly flighty and have difficulty making decisions. They're huge procrastinators. 
The Doves are great, caring, loving, wonderful team players, but under stress, they can be too sensitive and too caring and can't make tough decisions. And Owls are organized and structured and great at what they do and putting systems together, but they can suffer from analysis paralysis and they're really slow to change. And so it's being aware of your strengths because EQ and emotional intelligence is knowing your strengths, but also having style flexibility so you can communicate with others so that you have that ability to adapt to other people's styles. The other thing you could do is you can actually just take a little notebook or something and write down all the things you're really good at doing, the things you love doing, the things people come to you for advice on, right? People come to you advice for certain things and what you do and your tech diva success. They come to you for advice for things. And that's probably something that's your strength. You know, my favorite is you find yourself doing it when nobody's watching, right? Whether it's a personal thing like, it could be baking or it could be gardening or it could be reading, whatever it is, those strengths actually play into other parts of you. So, you know, figure out your strengths and then find roles and opportunities that fit those strengths. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be happier. You're going to have less stress and your career is going to thrive. I'm really good at sleeping. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Especially right now. Right? Yes. Yes. I'm just uh, very, very pregnant right now. So that one. Yeah. Uh, came out. So I have a question on these strength finders. I have a 15 year career. So I'm, I guess, mid career, right? And I've done these. And sometimes I find in the interview process, a leader will prefer a certain type. Like, well, for this interview, I would love to see your disc assessment, or I would love to see the strength finder 2 dot or whatever it is. And how do you determine whether it's a DIY or do you just spend like a small amount of money to get a coach to just say, hey, how much is it for you to talk me through what my disc assessment was? I think there's a little bit of balance of both. You can start with the free assessment and you do get a report or you could pay a 50 to $100 to get a more detailed report. The Strength Finder book is really helpful for that as well because you come out what your five core strengths are. If a manager has a certain job they're looking for, you can do any of those jobs in your own style. You're just going to do it differently maybe than that person does. And the best teams are the one that have all those styles that balance those out and appreciate the differences and truly create that inclusive culture. And so I've had salespeople when I was a sales manager that were very strong in certain areas and the Dove salespeople were very different than the Eagle salespeople. They both had their positive sides, but they also had to balance those out because the Eagle could be going after the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, and not thinking about the long-term customer relationship where the dub is spending so much time on the long-term customer relationship, they're not selling the things they need to sell. So you need to create that balance and find that right role for you. In some cases, you may be in the wrong role, right? You may be trying to be that high-powered pressure salesperson in a super competitive environment, and it just doesn't fit you. So you need to find another role in that company, or you may need to actually leave. I mean, I left one big major California bank at one time because I could no longer ethically stay there and do the things they were asking me to do. And it was so out of my zone and my values and my comfort zone that I couldn't take it, right? So those are one of the things to do. Yeah, that's interesting. So was that a tip then for leaders? Because I mentioned it as an individual knowing if they're looking for a certain uh, assessment, is that a tip then for leaders to really inventory your team based on those assessments? And really look for people that are different from you. Sameness literally is the kiss of death. So if you only hire people who look like you, sound like you, talk like you, think like you, that is the absolute kiss of death. That does not spare innovation and creativity. If everybody thinks the same, makes decisions the same way, the best team would be somebody where maybe you've got the 
peacock, the innovator who's doing all the brainstorming, coming up with 50 great ideas. You give that to the owl, the analyzer, to analyze the pros and cons. You give that to maybe the eagle to implement with a balance of the owl, of the dove who makes sure they're not going to run over people in the process so that they get the collaboration commitment and don't make the decision based on, you know, the eagle just running down, down the track. So that's one thing to think about definitely as a manager. Every team I ever worked on or worked with or I managed, I always did some kind of fun disc assessment training workshop. And I've done several in bars <laughs> with happy hour when one of our senior vice presidents, I was supposed to do an afternoon session for his whole team, like 250 people at Microsoft. And we were supposed to have the session first, and then we were going to serve the beer and the wine and the food and appetizers. Well, we get there, and his name was Guggenheimer. He's one of my favorite managers. And he says, oh, no, we're starting with the beer. <laughs> so we started with the beer and then had the training in the session. But it's a great way to, to really balance out your team. And so that's an yes, important piece of it. That, that's my kind of training there. <laughs> yeah. It really gets yeah. people to kind of let down their guard as well and be more authentic sometimes. Uh, sometimes too much, but usually a good, yeah. <laughs> good professional happy hour will work. I miss those now <laughs> in COVID time. Yeah, uh, I've, done, I've done a number of virtual happy hours with people with their cocktails, depending on the time zone they're in. Some are drinking tea and some are drinking cocktails, but it's been quite fun. So that's kind of the first one. The second one is really, is really important for, uh, I think, women leaders, but I think leaders in general, and that is to be strong. And in order to be strong, you've got to play to your strengths, right? You've got to be able to stand up. So be strong is the first one. Stand up is the second one. In order to stand up, you need something to stand on. You need a personal leadership vision for the kind of leader that you want to be. The kind of person that when you walk out of the room or you leave a team and they say, Nicole was absolutely awesome because she was smart and bright and compassionate and had tenacity. And so you want to create this leadership vision for yourself about the kind of person you want to be. And your vision is sort of a statement about who you are that's better than currently exists, right? It's a roadmap. It's a destination you want to get to. And it can keep you on course when you're starting to make bad decisions or maybe you're going down a wrong path. Your vision statement should come back to be, am I on the right path? And you should make career and life decisions based on that vision statement. And I help people do that in the book, but I can give you a little bit of a hint now in terms of how to do that is I want you to actually imagine, almost like go to your favorite place, take your favorite pen or your favorite journal or just a piece of paper and go to your favorite place. Mine is near water. And what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes and imagine in five years you're on your favorite, favorite show or your favorite podcast. And you're being interviewed, but around you is your friends, your family, your bosses, people you work for, people that work with you. And they're all saying stuff about what kind of a leader you are in five years. And so I want you to close your eyes for a few minutes and just listen to the what words are you hearing, right? Compassionate, made a difference, strategic thinker, innovative, uh, diverse, talented, strong, confident, whatever those words are. And then I want you to spend a couple of weeks kind of fine-tuning those words until you come up with about 16 words. So a lot of times it starts with, you know, Nicole makes a difference by being a compassionate, smart, influential, empowering, comparing leader. And I want you to then make your career and life decisions based on that personal vision statement. So if you've got a, jo a job choice, like when I was with Microsoft, 
I could have either gone to Germany, living in Munich and running the business excellence team for Central and Eastern Europe, or I could have gone to Singapore and run the customer partner experience team. And I picked Asia. And the reason was my vision is to make a difference and empower people to be the best they could be in any endeavor they choose. In Europe, they had a thousand people on the headquarters staff servicing about 20 countries, very diverse. Asia had 120 people on the corporate staff servicing about 20 countries from as small as Sri Lanka with about six people, Cebu, Philippines with two, Australia with a thousand, India with 2000, right? But they only had 120 people on the corporate staff for very diverse 20 different countries. So where was I going to make the biggest difference? One out of 120 people or one out of a thousand? So it was very easy for me to make that decision. Very easy. I guess that shows that you really invested in knowing yourself and you did not waver. So that's very strong. And then the, the fact that um, it can change it from time to time, but you probably have a, some sort of a core piece to that that you could use. And when people ask you, well, why do you do what you do? Right? Why do you do what you do? Because I want to be an impactful, influential, powerful leader who makes a difference in the world. And what do we do with it? Do we print it out? Do we hang it on our ceiling? Do we put it across from us in our office? What do we do with it? In your office, you put it on your bathroom mirror so you look at it every day and you ask yourself, am I living up to my vision or not? Am I making decisions that live up to that vision and my strengths? Am I making decisions that are in alignment with who I want to be and how I want to be known? And so, yeah, you do. You do. You put it on your computer screen. You put it on your office. You put it in sticky notes. And then when you go to make that career and life decision, ask yourself, which one best fits my strengths? And which one best fits my vision? And then the decision becomes kind of a pro and con analysis, right? So both jobs were equal when I had the choice between Germany and, and Asia. Both jobs were equal in terms of pay. The team was a good, both good teams, both good managers, uh, wonderful opportunities. And the difference was where was I going to have the biggest impact? Very powerful. I'm sure you have more. Keep going, Patty. You're rocking it. So number three. We may not get to all five because I want to save some time at the end to talk about confidence and imposter syndrome. But number three is stand out. That's about being more valuable, being more visible, and being more vocal. So being more valuable means once you know what your strengths are and your vision, and you create your, become a master at your craft, whatever you decide to do, right? As a technical engineer, as a marketing person, as a sales professional, Get really good at it. Take free classes online. Watch YouTube videos. Get a mentor. Observe people that are doing that job. Job shadow people. Take courses, certifications. Become so valuable at that job that you're ready for that next assignment. You're ready for that either that management position or that next step-up role so that you're ready for that. And your competence is important, but your confidence is even more important. They actually say in business today, confidence is more important than competence. And we'll talk about that in a little bit when we get down. When you get to the very end, you want the, kind of the one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so that's about being more valuable. Get really good and competent at what you do. And then be more visible. Sit at the table. Turn on your camera at the Zoom meetings. Sit in the Zoom meetings. Make sure your camera's in a way that you look equal in size to other people in the room because confidence starts with body language, which is in height and space. So take up the right amount of height and space even in the Zoom meeting so that you're visible. Prepare ahead of time so you ask questions or you have an opinion or a statement on something. Be more visible. Sit at that table and be more vocal. Toot your own horn. 
women don't do this enough. If you got a, did a great job, I want you to be able to say, my team and I did this, not, oh, my team did this, right? The guys will say, I did this. Most women will say, oh, my team did that. I want you to say at least my team and I did this, or I gathered my team together and we came up with a solution and here's what I want to present to you today. So I want you to be more vocal and toot your own horn. I want you to keep an accomplishment file on your computer and even a physical file of every time you do a project and you do it well, write it down. Keep a track of all those things. Every time you get a compliment letter from a customer or a coworker or a boss, keep track of that. So when you go to apply for that job you know you deserve, you have evidence. You have facts that say you're ready for this job. And if you still have to write that terrible performance appraisal and they ask you to write your own or give insights into it, you have all this information and you're not trying to remember. So once a week, at minimum, sit down and write out your accomplishments and keep track of those so you can toot your own horn. And somebody says, well, how do you manage that project? Well, I did this, 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 and this, and this and be able to have that. It's not being selfish and bolstering and being obnoxious. It's being realistic about who you are and what you bring to the party. Absolutely. And a quick question on that for women in technology. Sometimes when you say master of your craft and women move from being the technologist, the expert in an application or networking or their, their thing, right, or coding, and then they move to leadership, you do feel like you're separated from being a master of the craft. So what's your advice there so that they can still uh, stand out? You've got to create a balance. You may have to actually learn to just sing the song from Frozen, let it go. You may have to let go of some aspects of things because you can't be a master in all the technical aspect and still have time to develop and master your management and leadership skills. You should be spending equal amount of time, if not more, in management classes and leadership classes and watching YouTube videos and going on LinkedIn learning, taking advantage of everything your company offers, every workshop, every class they offer. But you're also going to have to let it go because many times the best technician becomes a manager, but they're still doing the technical job. So they're not serving either role. In essence, they're kind of doing both roles, excuse me, half-assed. <laughs> if I can say that, on, if I can yes. say that on the podcast, you're not doing yourself or your team any justice. You've got to schedule time for those one-on-one -on -one meetings, even if it's 15 minutes to say what's going well, what do you need help on? How can I help you? But you're going to still have to let go of some of those technical skills, still keep current on the technology, but you don't need to be the one in there doing the coding. That's what you have people on your team for. Wonderful. Well, what else comes after standing out? Cause I know we want to have time for confidence. <laughs> um, put yourself number one on your things to do list. And this is really important advice for you as a, as a mom now coming up on your second kid. You've got to schedule time for yourself. You've got to schedule time away from your computer, away from the kids. Eat, pray, love, meditate, garden, bake, whatever brings you joy. You have to have time to rejuvenate yourself because you're going to end up breaking in some way. And it probably won't be very pretty when you do. It probably will happen at the worst time possible when you just really just explode or implode, either one of those things. You've got to eat, pray, love, put yourself on your things to-do list. You, I heard it today from Andriana Huffington, who's the big person about make sure we get enough sleep, like sleep. was You can't, you can't draw from an empty cup. Right? You can't give away what you don't own. So if you don't have the energy to take care of yourself, you can't give that to your family, your friends, or your team. So you have to take care of yourself and put yourself number one on your things to-do list. And that means like even today, 
get up away from your computer for five minutes, walk around, walk outside for four minutes, go play with the dog, go garden if that's your thing, go take time to do things that you love and bring you joy because you have to have a break. Your brain, your brain physically can't do it. And there's research that shows that. Yeah. And this, I think the same research or along that line is that it does make you more impactful when you come back. If you're trying to solve a really tough problem and you're just working, 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 walk away from it. Walk away from it. Go outside and get some fresh air and it will, the decision or the right thing will kind of get clearer if you can just walk away from it. You're, you're just working against yourself. Awesome. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to leave with your most powerful success tips. So lay it on us, Patty. I want all women to stop trying to be perfect. I want you to strive for excellence, not perfection. Let me give you the definition of perfectionism and you'll see why. This is the definition I found that I love. Perfectionism is a personality trait characterized by unrealistic, overly high standards of performance or perfectionism combined with being overly self-critical and caring too much about what other people think. So when you are trying to be perfect, that's when you fall into imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough, and your confidence goes down. So I want you to be confident. I want you to be competent. I want you to strive for excellence, but give up on perfectionism. Let's face it, Cinderella, there used to be something called the Cinderella syndrome years ago, was a Disney character invented by a man. Wonder Woman is a cartoon character invented by a man. There was a song years ago by Helen Redding, something about I am woman and I can cook the bacon and I can do this and I can do that and I can do that. Give up on it. I gave up on house cleaning and reloading the dishwasher years ago because I, my husband never tells me I never do it right, so I don't even try anymore. I cook, he cleans most of the time. So we just work out some kind of a balance there, but you have to let go of perfectionism, the imposter syndrome. You are good enough. You are the right person for the job. You deserve to go for that promotion. When you see that job posting, it's got 10 characteristics and you've got nine of them, go for it. You are enough. I want you to know you are enough. And perfectionism is so hard on so many women. And you've been so good to lay these down and give us an actionable tip for it. So it's easy to say you're enough and it's so empowering just to hear. So thank you for that. But what's the way that you can encourage women to step into that, to step away from perfection and into their brilliance? I want women to remember to be bold, be brave, be brilliant. But I also want them to remember that a lot of times we talk about taking a negative thought like I'm not good enough and trying to counterbalance that with positive self-talk. The problem was that they found in brain research is that your brain is so powerful. If you've got this, I'm not good enough embedded in your brain pattern and you try and say, immediately go to I'm good enough, your brain will block it. So Mel Robbins has a YouTube video and a book out. You can watch this called the five second rule. So when you get in that situation, I want you to stop and I want you to go from the thought of I'm not good enough Count five, four, three, two, one. Replace it with a thought of, I am really good at this and I see myself being successful. So you can unblock that mind map that's going to try and stop it. And then that will increase your confidence. And then make sure that you confidence shows in your body language. So height and space. So make sure that you stand tall. You sit tall in those Zoom meetings. You prepare yourself and Go knock it out of the park. Be the best you everyone else has taken.
I love it. And I think that's your pretty much last piece of wisdom there that you want to leave on. It's such a high <laughs> note, but I want to give you one chance. Is there anything else as we wrap the show? The only thing I can think of is people want to get in contact with me. They can contact me at pattygrimmatlive.com and that's P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M at L-I-V-E.com. And I hope this is okay. I have a special offer for your listeners that if they want to get a copy of my book, they can get my book for only $10 which includes in the U.S. free shipping and handling. The offer is still available outside the U.S., but you have to pay for shipping and handling. And $200 in free bonuses. And so they can either email me or you, or they can go to www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. So womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. And that'll take them to a link to, to get the book directly um, for just 10 bucks. It's usually $18.95 on Amazon. So they can get that. And that's a great offer, uh, listeners out there, women out there, men out there, you know, having this, and I will say I do have the book, I'm looking at it right now, having these uh, traits, these birds that she mentioned on here as a reference, I really found that reading through this resonated with me because some of the other assessments do letters and numbers and scores, and to me, the eagle, the peacock, the owl, and the dove was something easier for my mind to wrap around. <laughs> so that's one great benefit if you would like that part of the show that you can take with you. But this thing is just like your life's work and it's just really beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. everything that you have in your vision. And we just learned so much today from being true to yourself to balancing. I love what you said about IQ and EQ. And that's what's a real good strength of women leaders. Uh, finding what you're strong at when no one's watching having that vision yep. statement, standing out, putting yourself number one and fighting perfection and knowing that you're perfect just the way you are. So beautiful. Yep. 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 Thank you so much. And we hope you all have a great day and take this inspiration with you. Definitely go out and check out Patty's book and Patty's work. And she is standing by. Uh, if I feel unconfident, I'm just going to call you. <laughs> Or just replay that part of the podcast. Like you are enough. Like it's the mirror from that old movie. I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. And don't guard it. People like me. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a point in time. You got to realize that maybe it comes with maturity and ages. You are who you are. And it's best to be respected. You don't always have to be liked. Love it. Thank you so much, Patty, for joining the Thank show. You. And for everyone out there listening, keep lighting that fire in you to stay inspired. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.